Need a few minutes to reset? Great Minds is a podcast from SBS that guides you through different meditation styles from around the world. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to SBS News. Coming up, inflation comes in hotter than expected, lifting the chance of a November rate rise and the market reacts. It is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 25th of October, 2023. On Market Day later, we'll speak with Joe Yusuf from Arius Asset Management. But first, let's go to inflation, where the Bureau of Statistics says the Consumer Price Index rose 1.2% in the September quarter to be up 5.4% for the year. They are both more than expected. New dwellings, rents, electricity and petrol driving the annual gains. For more on the data, including what it means for the Reserve Bank, I spoke with Joe Masters, the Chief Economist at Baron Joey. So Joe, to start us off, in general terms, to what extent is inflation still a problem in Australia? It's definitely still too high. Now, in quarterly terms, we did see some acceleration in inflation. That was expected, although the pace of it was a bit more than markets and ourselves here at Baron Joey were expecting. In annual terms, though, we are still seeing inflation come down. So it's a bit of a mixed picture and a lot just depends on how quickly inflation's coming down and if that's fast enough to keep inflation expectations anchored. Let's break some of it down. Is, is it services inflation that's the real problem here in Australia? Because the ABS said that rents, dental services, insurance, for example, all continues to rise. And is it domestic pressures now that international factors like um, supply chain issues are subsiding? It's predominantly around that services piece. And as you said, inflation there is still too high. Now, in annual terms, it looks like it's starting to roll over, which is good news. But what we know about services inflation is it tends to be quite persistent or quite sticky. The largest driver is what we call unit labour costs. And that's a combination of wages and productivity. And what we know in Australia is that wage growth is accelerating and productivity is very weak. So the concern is that those services prices won't come down fast enough uh, for the RBA to bring inflation back into the band by 2025. Lower income earners, aren't they bearing the brunt of this rising cost of living because they're spending a greater share of their income on the essentials? So things like rents, electricity and petrol, which have contributed the most to annual inflation. That's right. So we know that inflation hurts all Australians, but we also know that it tends to hurt lower income Australians by more. Now, the CPI basket itself, of course, is an assessment of the average person. Um, and that doesn't capture that sort of difference that we're seeing across the economy. I think it's really interesting in this economic slowdown that we're seeing. It's very, very uneven across the economy in terms of different sectors, but also within sectors. So things like the consumer, where we know that older Australians are doing quite well, uh, younger Australians, and certainly those that are leveraged into the housing market with big mortgages are really starting to struggle from a cash flow perspective. You mentioned a few moments ago that inflation may not be easing fast enough to meet the RBA's targets, but is there a threat that inflation could actually re-accelerate it? Because I think in, in these stats, um, we had various policy interventions during the quarter, like childcare, energy bill relief, and some Commonwealth rent assistance, yet inflation still remains pretty hot. 
Yeah, this release is very much complicated by a range of, uh, as you said, subsidies, uh, childcare being the biggest ones, but rents, electricity, and also the PBS having an impact. The ABS also changed the weight that it ascribed to international airfares. So that's also adding just a bit of complexity to reading the numbers. I think one of the things that the RBA is concerned about is on actually on the goods side. So if we look at goods uh, inflation in Australia, it has come down and it's coming down quite rapidly. But if we look to the US, which is a bit further ahead of us in its business cycle and a bit closer to the global production chain, those goods prices are starting to turn around and accelerate. And given the persistence of our services inflation that's still too high, as we talked about, there's no room to absorb any upside surprise there from the good side of things. Final question. Will the RBA be worried about all of this? We know that Michelle Bullock has already said uh, that the board has a low tolerance to inflation not falling fast enough. So the question is, Joe, is inflation not falling fast enough? And what will it mean for the RBA's November board meeting? Yeah, look, all very good questions. Um, so my assessment is that her comment around low tolerance really relates to bringing inflation back into the band in 2025. Now, clearly, when you get an upside surprise in quarterly inflation, that will impact annual inflation forecasts for the next 12 months. So to September 2024. The issue is what do you think is happening in the economy beyond that? Uh, to see whether they can get inflation all the way back down to below 3% in 2025. And I think the jury's still out on that, to be honest. And I think you'll find markets are very finely priced for November. I think it's a very close-to-call meeting. Um, but I really think that focuses on 2025. And um, Bullock, in her speech uh, on the evening before the CPI, she did talk about the fact that the board would need to see a material upward revision in order to act on that low tolerance. And she also did make a really important point, which is that the economy is responding to tightening that's already in the system. And we know that there's more coming even without further rate hikes. She said the consumer spending is slowing, the labour market is starting to ease, and inflation is coming down. So those still things still hold true. So I think it's a very line ball call. Joe Masters there from Baron Joey. Now... Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. The Australian share market did open stronger, taking Wall Street's lead, but then fell after the inflation numbers came out. The S&P ASX 200 uh, down ever so slightly. For more, I spoke with Joe Youssef from Arius Asset Management. Look, it's fair to say the market had anticipated there'd be a rise in inflation just given the preceding monthly data that we'd received, Ricardo. But, uh, you know, the 1.2% month on month was still ahead of market expectations at about 1.1%. And the uh, and the quarterly rate was now well over 5%. The market had thought 5 to 5.2%. It's now 5.4%. So whilst the market had factored in a probability of an interest rate hike uh, of about 25 to 30%, I think it's fair to say, given the reaction since the data came out, that there's more probability now more than 50% probability of the Reserve Bank raising rates on on uh, Melbourne Cup Day. Also, you've got to bear in mind, uh, as recently as Tuesday, um, the Reserve Bank Governor Michelle Bullock's comments were still very hawkish. And uh, But one pleasing thing about today's uh, uh, figures or the release today, Ricardo, which would be remiss of me not to mention, is that for the first time in quite some time, uh, there wasn't a significant contribution from discretionary items. So in the past, we've seen things like restaurants, cafes, holidays, uh, particularly 
you know, more of the discretionary spend really contribute to the data. This time it was more the essentials like your fuel, the rent, the electricity, utilities. That were the biggest contributors. So whilst inflation uh, is back over 5% and I still subscribe to the view they have to raise rates, uh, at least, you know, there's evidence that the discretionary spend is starting to be curbed. Does it add more to the story of rates staying higher for longer? Absolutely, because look, I've said, I'm on record as saying for quite some time, uh, you know, when they first started raising rates, it was uh, it was belated, but I did applaud central banks, particularly our Reserve Bank, for actually starting to do that. But I went on record as to say, uh, you know, it, it's akin to a car travelling down the hill. You can't apply the brakes too hard because you don't want the economy to topple over. But if you don't apply the brakes too hard, then all you're doing is really uh, delaying um, or, or uh, ascribing more of a probability of higher rates and uh, for longer rates down the track. And I think we're at that position now. The bottom line is our rates are still below the inflation rate, so we've still got negative real interest rates. I believe the only central bank that's probably done it properly is the United States, where they've actually got a, you know, their interest rates just above their inflation. So I do think, um, unfortunately, we can see longer-term evidence that inflation coming under control that's going to be higher for longer, no doubt. Um, you've mentioned earlier how the market's now pricing in uh, a 50% or more chance of a rate rise on Melbourne Cup Day. Can you tell me more about how the markets have actually reacted today? Yeah, look, the, the currency is a little bit stronger, and uh, I think most of that is, uh, first and foremost, the US currency has been under pressure in recent days, but also the fact that, um, you know, uh, the US interest rates have been trading well above ours and the bias in the States is still very hawkish, has really put our currency under enormous pressure. So the fact that there could be an interest rate high key and closing that differential on interest rate parity terms has probably given, you know, some respite and some some strength to the currency. Gold, uh, which I've been a long-term and bull and continue to advocate, I think gold's going to make a, a, a new all-time high in, in, the, in, the, in the weeks and months ahead. You know, that's uh, that's up marginally continued its recent impressive run to be just shy of 2,000 US. And um, and even the AS, ASX 200, it opened at about 68.57. It, it, it traded just shy of 6,900. And when the inflation figure uh, came out, Ricardo, it sold right down to 6,31. It sort of paired some of those losses now to be trading. Last time I looked at it, it was just a smidgen below where it was on market open. So the market's have had priced in a fair bit of doom and gloom. And I think sometimes you, you'll get an initial sell-off, but you'll get a little bit of a value buy-in as well, Ricardo, because I think, you know, sometimes it's buy the rumour, sell the, sorry, sell the rumour, buy the fact. Um, so finally, what does this mean all for shares now, especially after the pullback that we saw recently? Yeah, it's been an extensive pullback. I think volatility is going to continue. It's going to be a major thematic for quite some time because, Unfortunately, we still don't have any clear direction in terms of global interest rates, inflation and economic growth. But uh, clearly out of the United States and to a slightly lesser extent in Australia, but, you know, the, there's still earnings momentum, Ricardo. Uh, there's clear evidence of that in the United States, uh, you know, and and there's still some real value propositions in, in certain sectors. You know, I, I continue to like... Uh, you know, the health sector, which has recovered in recent times after being under the pump for quite some time. Uh, anything where there's got sustainable earnings, good earnings projections, really supported by good, strong dividends. You know, the fundamentals of the markets, uh, the quality uh, equities markets are still quite strong. And in fact, you know, a lot of the reporting season uh, uh, or the reports, uh, earnings reports vindicate that. 
So I still think, you know, you, you buy equities into any protracted weakness. There's, there's value there, no question. But I still think pressure in the short term is on the downside. Joe Yusuf there from Arias Investment Management.